Did you know that kinky wellness is integral to your self-development? Hi, my name is Dana Shrigal. I'm a kinky wellness coach and owner of The Partition, home of kinky wellness. Each Monday, I bring on a guest to discuss why kinky sexual wellness deserves a seat in the wellness conversation. You can catch my solo shows on Wednesdays, but let's jump into it. Hey, welcome back. Today, we are joined by Air Force Amy herself. Air Force Amy is an American legal courtesan, glamour and adult model, as well as a reality TV star. She starred in HBO's show Cath House and NBCBC even called her a living legend in the world of sex. So let's not wait any longer and welcome Amy to the show. Hello, Amy. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm excited that you're here and I'm excited to get into this conversation. So I guess the first question would be just kind of a little bit about you for my listeners to get to know you. Okay, well, I'm Air Force Amy and I'm probably known as the most famous prostitute in the world. (laughs) Wikipedia lists me as one of the 25 most notable prostitutes and it's kind of sex workers too of the 19th century. That's awesome. You're going to do something. Yeah. Whoever, whoever thought of this, but I got famous in my line of work from a HBO cat house special that we had on HBO. It was a reality series that aired for about eight or nine years. We went into the living rooms of America with the legal brothel and the bunny ranch where I still work. And it really took off because our first episode was aired after the last episode of The Sopranos. <laughs> so we had a huge audience. And then, the, and then um, yeah, so it was really popular. And I helped the owner. He was really a spin doctor, this Dennis Hoff. I helped him put the Bunny Ranch on the map, you know, through like Shock TV and Shock Radio and all the things that we did. But the way I got into the the, the business was at the age of 13, I was a runaway, a runaway and it was hitchhiking around the country. I think they call it survival prostitution. And I was just giving blowjobs and truck stops, getting my ways so that I could, you know, get around the country on my own accord with my own choices. So I could choose the prettiest, biggest truck to get into. <laughs> and, right? and I happened to be on Highway 80 going through Reno and heard the girls from the Mustang Ranch on the CB cat calling the drivers and the drivers were telling me, oh yeah, it's a palace. These girls work and they're gorgeous. They all look like Miss America. And I said, oh my goodness, I want to go work there. It'd be a lot safer and warmer than out in the truck stops. So, but I wasn't old enough. I was 13. So I waited until after I um, finished my bout with the military and I was stationed at Las Vegas and it was only an hour away from the, the brothels in Rump. And that's what I did. I went to the brothels and I've been there ever since because they've wow. been really good to me. <laughs> wow. Thank you for sharing. Now, can you tell us a little bit about like what is a legal brothel and kind of what happens there and how they are legal in Nevada? Sure. Um, in Nevada, 1971, the county of what? Not Washoe. It was in Nye County decided to allow legal brothels. And it was, it was a, a thing county by county could vote whether or not they would allow legal prostitution. And because there, there was rampant, there was already a prostitution, these guys in their, had set up shop throughout several counties. It's just a historical thing from Nevada, from Virginia City, and then it just perpetuated and stayed. It's kind of just like our, our dirty little secret of Nevada. <laughs> so in 1971, the brothels became legal. Joe Comforti put the Mustang Ranch on solid ground outside of Reno. So the, the law is in Nevada that 
if the county has more than 700,000, the, the county has to have less than 700,000 residents in order for the brothel to be legal. So that, that knocks out Las Vegas, which is Clark County, and it knocks out Reno, which is Washoe County. So those two counties, everyone, everyone's mistaken that Las Vegas prostitution is legal, but it's not. It has to be within a county that it's re regulated and with licenses and the prostitution, the, the sex trade has to take place within the brothel. There's lots of different rules and, and ordinances per county per brothel. So... Okay, well, that's good clarification, because <laughs> I think people might actually get confused, like they think of, oh, Las Vegas, it must be legal there. But it's good to know that there is actually, it's by county then. Yes, it's by county. And the penalties for prostitution, either on both the both sides, for the prostitute, the sex worker and the, the client are very heavy. And, and because Las Vegas, the prostitution is very, very dangerous. You get a lot of people coming in from all over the country. You know, pimps are going to bring their girls there and they're going to, you know, make a lot of money. And it's just nefarious and dangerous, really dangerous. I know even Clark County will put on, they'll put on the TV, like on the news, they'll show images of the known prostitutes with HIV, AIDS, active. Oh, wow. Yeah, that have gotten caught, and they're like they're like fifty. <laughs> yeah, that they show like every uh, some you know two or three times a year for people to beware. So yeah, it's very dangerous. Oh wow, so we I have did... a legal model that works, right? Yeah, well, I was going to say I didn't even know that was legal to put someone's health status on like almost a like a a, a PSA, I guess. Yep, they do. They do. Yeah. So yeah. like what kind of clients were you seeing more on a regular basis? Was it like truckers or more like transit or single men, married, like everybody? Well, and um, so I've been working legally in the brothels for 33 years. And you can see the gamut, the full gamut of, you know, all walks of life. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a reason they want to make a connection. So yeah, doctors, lawyers, judges, priests. Yeah, <laughs> You know, and um, young virgins, and and now we have couples, and just all walks of life. Now your show is about kinkiness, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, everybody's version of kinky is a little bit different, right? So maybe a couple things. Um, you know, someone thinks a blowjob is kinky, whereas someone else wants to, you know, a stick rammed into his gut. Yeah. <laughs> right there's all types of versions it's all a matter of perspective right and um so a lot of people come to the brothel for their first of everything their first blowjob their first sexual experience their first orgy their first uh dominant session their first submissive session these are so legal here we have a, a complaint system like if you go look for a sex misdranger a lot of bad things can happen mm. that won't happen here because we have rules in place and you actually have even a complaint system. So we have a negotiation and the girls can charge whatever they want for whatever they want. So if there's something they really don't like to do, they can just outprice someone and say they don't want to do that or they just can say they don't do that. It didn't used to be that way. It didn't used to be where we could make choice. We had choices. We had to you know, do everything. But the industry has evolved and we can choose to do, we can, we have choices. We can choose what we want to do and what 
don't want to do and we can charge whatever we want to charge. We're independent contractors. So there's not a set price for anything. Yeah. Everything is negotiable. Well, and yeah. you mentioned connection. So I want to just touch base on that because it is more than just sex. These are people that are looking for, there are a large number of people that want to make a connection. And this is definitely one way to do it. Absolutely. You know, I've seen the involvement from in the industry from 33 years ago to where it was just a romp in a hay and they just went to good time, you know, and in, in and out, that's it. There wasn't the, and the, the brothels kind of set it up that way where we couldn't really establish really good relationships. We weren't allowed to have phones. We weren't allowed to take phone numbers. We weren't allowed to stay in contact because they didn't want you to steal the client. But now everything is all about the connection and how deeply you can get, how deeply you can get involved with the person almost, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's the, the massage after the sale, before the sale. And I have clients now that they'll make an appointment six, seven months out and then want to FaceTime a couple times a month prior to. And what are you going to do? You say, no, you're going to lose the client. Right? Yeah. Because somebody else will. So there's a lot, a lot of people just only get their connection through me. I mean, I had a gentleman, I see him once a year, but he, we stay in contact and I mean, a month or so ago there, he had, he had an active shooter at his workplace. Oh my gosh. He called me of all people. Oh, wow. I was like, really? So this is like, this is his main connection, you know? And he was safe and everything, everything turned out okay. Um, But I see that I'm, this is the main connection to a lot of gentlemen and a lot of people. On the other side of the coin, I also get paid to go away. So there may be a lot of, there's gentlemen that I really dig, I'm really into, you Mm -hmm. know, but they only wanted to come in and try that one thing, experience pegging or experience a golden shower or experience something that he would never ask his wife to do, the mother of his child to do. He would never ask her to do that, but he got to experience it with me and boom, that's it. I never hear from him again. Yeah. And that's how, that's how it kind of is with couples. We started seeing couples maybe 10 years ago. So it was like, yeah, the ladies, we, and ladies did not used to be able to be allowed on property at the brothels. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, it was. Um, and that was, I guess, to keep the girls safe in case maybe a wife found out or a girlfriend found out. Yeah. So it was women weren't allowed. So um, we started allowing women in and it was like, you can't be, join up, you know, this is it. So we see a lot of couples. And it's so strange to me that the women need a lot more handholding and, and encouragement and than the men do. Okay. So it's a lot of the interaction and comforting and ensuring and I mean it's a big thing for a woman especially if she's she's not seasoned you you have one partner your entire life and and this is a big step for a lot of women I understand that so I take all the time I can and and make them feel comfortable and and reassure them that hey don't worry body image or what we're going to do and things like that and and just a lot of reassuring so there's a lot of uh, massaging before the the um the party and then there's a lot of calming down the nerves before. <laughs> it's just a ton of more work. <laughs> okay. So women are just more work at the end of the day. Are just, you know what? And then 
And like men are so easy. They're on the outside, right? You can just take care of men. You can tell for sure whether they've had an orgasm and men are so easy. And women, it's on the inside. You just don't know if they really faked it or if they really had one. So women are just so much more difficult than men, especially if they're there with their husband. And it's, it's just a heightened arousal that's different than when you're servicing men for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but don't get me wrong. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love women. I love women. And I'm really, 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 really good with yeah. women and getting them off and making them happy and making them feel sensual and such. And, and then afterward, and you, so you put in like a thousand times more effort. And then afterwards, it just seems like the women just really want you to go away. And that's it. They did it. Cause a lot of them are maybe just doing it for their husband. You know, let's fulfill his fantasy. And that's that it's done. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. <laughs> So really it's like bringing in couples and technology now has changed dramatically what it used to be then. Cause now it's like FaceTiming and do you like, is texting now a thing? Like before you couldn't have a phone number, but now is, do you text people now with technology or no, you're trying to? Yeah, 100%. You know, it used to be, we didn't give out phone numbers and you see girls with two different phones, one's for work, one's for not. And it, I get, I'm not going that route. I just give my phone, I give out my phone number. And if you don't, if you can't respect it, then I block you. You know, it's as simple as that. Who cares? Right. So, yeah. And it used to be like five or six years ago, we had a, you know, it's when somebody new comes in the industry and they give more and more and more for uh, less and less and less mm. is what happens. It's like the porn industry did when the, all the Russians came in and the Brazilians came in. It just deflates the value and the, and the dollar amount, but we had someone that was, would say, I'll give you my phone number after you place a deposit. And that was, that was, that was eye-opening to me. And a lot of girls were, Oh, wow. Okay. I guess we have to do that now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So now it's just, you try to just even get them on text messages before. I mean, immediately because the thing you're back and forth and you have a number as opposed to emails. I can get a lot more information to people through email than I can talking. But yeah, the connection has gotten um, deep and real and, and a lot. It's way more about connection, which I understand. I mean, we're, we live in this world of just being behind a screen and supposedly really connected throughout the world, but we're absolutely disconnected. No, absolutely. You know, and um, just the the touch for eyeball to eyeball and skin on skin and holding and touching and caressing and um, snuggling. And what I do most of all is provide confidence. Okay. So somebody wants to come in and, um, and I just make them feel, let them feel like a million bucks. You know, maybe someone's heart's been put through a blender and they just, you know, devastated a, a, a a divorce blindsided them or a breakup blindsided them. And that's usually a lot of what happens. Yeah. Because it's been, you know, either shut down by women or hurt by women. And um, yeah, it's just a, a, a good emotional connection. Well, that's yeah. sweet. Like that's like it's humans helping humans is what I like to say it as well. And it, we do need more of that. And especially like in, in kinky wellness, it, it might sound unconventional, but it still is healing. It's still comforting. It's still, again, humans helping humans and being there for each other in this way. Right. Exactly. Whenever somebody, um, 
a party with some, we call it a party. Okay. We call it what we do a party, our experience or our rendezvous, or um, we call it a party. So whenever, uh, when I party with someone, they want something out of the regular menu, say, I mean, even spanking is, you know, I'm seeing mostly vanilla people. Okay. This yeah. is all, it's all <laughs> vanilla, man. Okay. But when somebody goes to say you want to be spanked, I'm like, and it, that, that's how he has to orgasm. It's like, and then I'll ask, well, how did this, how did this come about? And you get the greatest story. It's like, well, I was like eight years old and, and I ran across the street and my mother, you know, she got so mad at me and she spanked me so hard. And I think I had my first orgasm and boom, you know, <laughs> you know this is yeah. stories. And most of these are, you know, through childhood or, or with a teacher or somebody, some, something triggered something that made them, that aroused them and they like it. And how can you knock it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so afraid to ask somebody in their normal in their normal lives or in their normal relationships to do that, you know, um, cross-dressing or spanking or clamping the nipples, anything. And so, so just so afraid to have that communication with someone that they love. And I don't know. So yeah. Here I am. Well, it is hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, there. Well, it is hard. Yeah. It's one of like the hardest conversations to talk about. But you, you mentioned something about like alternative lingos and like party is the word for this. Is there mm-hmm. other types of lingo that y- you'd be able to share what it means like within the industry? Yeah, I was talking about one yesterday. So one of the main absolute reasons that we stay, we we operate legally is that really the health department governs everything. Mm-hmm. So the girls are seen once a week for five different STDs plus chlamydia, once a month for syphilis and AIDS, and once a year for hepatitis, and then we get vaccinated for A and B, or yeah, uh, hepatitis too. So, um, and the way that we screen a gentleman, we call it a DC. That's a dick check. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we DC and it's just, we look for open, we pull his pants down and they have a real great light. We look for open sores, genital herpes, genital warts. And we teach, um, we have a book of pictures of what to look for. And if you're not comfortable with it and, you know, basically really if somebody pulls down your pants and they have an STD, you can smell it. Okay. Yeah. So I walk the bat and she's like, okay, something's going on here. You have to go see your doctor. Okay. Yeah. It's like <laughs> I suggest you go see a doctor. <laughs> You know, so yeah, DC, our cashier is the hooker booker. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the brothels that they don't allow you to go home every night, that you have to do a tour for one week or two weeks. We call those pussy prisons. Uh, we're not allowed to use the word T-R-I-C-K, but we do in our private, we do in our, our private conversations. <laughs> it's not re- like, is it just because it's just frowned upon to use that word or? Yeah, I'm supposed to say client. Oh, okay. You know, um, well, things that the, the industry has evolved so, to such an extent. It's not just a romp in the hay. And the girls that have an education do much better. The girls that are going to college do better. The girls that have a are people persons, you know, you can be young, cute and pretty and, and, and do great and get picked all the time, but you're going to start off and you're going to do, you're going to do these smaller, you're going to do these parties where I don't know, I can say from my own experience, when I started out 30 years ago, it was like a tournament, burn them, go for the jugular, you know, 
And it's kind of not like that anymore for me. It's more like, yeah, I see a cute guy and I want to do that. That's funny. <laughs> you know, yeah, I keep you as long as I want. I'm Air Force Navy. I can do whatever I want. I can keep you for a couple hours. You know? <laughs> so Air Force Amy, where did that name stem from? Oh, that's easy. Uh, well, I was really in the Air Force. I'm a highly decorated veteran of the United States Air Force. So I mentioned that I worked at the, I did get to work at the world famous Mustang Ranch. Yes. That was my childhood dream, right? At the age of 13, I really wanted to do that. So I was maybe 25 and I started working there. And I worked there for four years until it got shut down by the government. And so after the Mustang got shut down, I went to work down south. And while I was working down south in the brothels, like say Sherry's and, and Cherry Patch, I had considerably, I changed my looks considerably. I went from short, natural red hair to long blonde hair. I went from a B cup to a D cup. And, and then when I, uh, so, and I became, um, and I was Amy. And I was Amy at the Mustang too. So I came back up to work when I heard that Dennis Hoth had girls making 5,000, uh, porn stars making $5,000 an hour. I was like, well, yeah, I'm going now. Can I work there? So I came up here and I worked for, I started to work for Dennis. And what I noticed was the same clients that were going to the Mustang now came to the Bunny Ranch. And so what stand in line and you don't, you can't really draw attention to yourself, but I was hoping that a guy would come in and I had seen him at the Bunny, at the, the Mustang and he would recognize me by me saying Air Force Amy, because if I spent any amount of time with someone, of course, they would know that I was in the Air Force. And I was Amy. So put two and two together. I'm Air Force Amy. <laughs> And that's how that happened. And kind of, it just stuck. Well, that's wonderful that you're in the, the Air Force. So you have quite a pass between the two. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, it's, it seems like when I'm trying to write this memoir, it's going to be a saga at this point. <laughs> There's kind of like, it's like a three-part series. There's prior to the military, the, the you know, teenage runaway, and then the military, and then the brothels. So there's like, and there's pre- um, HBO, where it was all pussy prison and crazy stories, you know, and then Post, where I, I found fame and fortune and, and how that all goes, too. So when you were in the military, there was no overlap between what you were doing. It was pretty serious or you were overlapping? Yeah, I, you know, I was stationed in the, mil in the Philippines most of the time, and there was a lot of sex work going on there. The guys would bring the girls back to the dorm and, you know, be out to the bars. Hey, Hey, GI, you, you, you TDY, I love you long time. No shit, you buy me a drink. <laughs> you know? So there was a lot of prostitution going on. And apparently there was prostitution going on throughout the base. I've had people, I've had somebody really trying to get a hold of me saying that there was a prostitution ring at my base the same time I was there. And it was pretty serious. And yeah, and somebody got killed over it. It was crazy. And oh my god! Yeah. And I was just like, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about it. I was just, you know doing my deal but there's a lot of sex that goes on in the military and, and you know I got tossed around that base like a football man I'm here to tell you <laughs> <laughs> you know and, and um yeah so good times yeah good times, <laughs> yeah, good times. <laughs> so what are some stories that came out of the bunny ranch then so then you went from mustang ranch then you were going to bunny ranch and I guess that may have been good to see some people that transferred down to bunny ranch yeah. Yeah. So, well, I'll take, let's jump back to the military. I had my first fisting experience in the military. Oh, yeah. 
Wow. So here I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm a slick sleeve, like no stripes, and, and, and I volunteer to be an instructor. So I was taking 44 men out to the field at a time and teaching them how to defend the airway in you know, wartime situation. So it was pretty serious. And I'm teaching guys that are like, and they've been to Vietnam, they're captains, they're, you know, so they didn't like all this. So they had to make, they had to make me cool, like the other instructors, and I guess just make me fit in. So I remember one of the things that the guys would do was get a, a piercing with a bamboo knee, a bamboo stick needle. It was really strange. So I told these students one, I was like, man, if you guys graduate at the top of your class or you do this, there was some type of caveat. If you do this, I'll get my nipple pierced with a bamboo stick. And they did like the best forever. And I ended up doing that in front of these students. Oh, so <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And I ended up in, in bed with one of the guys and he was like, I had this full leg cast on because I had tore up ACL and I got fisted with this full leg cast up in the middle. It was crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. There there must be crazy stories from all parts of your life. Now, do you have one or like a few, I'm sure a few pop out to mind, but do you have a few that are pretty crazy that you'd like to share? Yeah. I was just talking to someone last night about Dennis Hoff would have these huge, huge birthday parties at the bunny ranch. And while we were filming HBO, he had put on this huge parking lot party with, I mean, like a circus tent, like, I mean, two circus tents wide and a stage and live music and catered food. And, and we had this guy working for us. And I just always had a bad feeling about him. I just, you know, more than kinky. And he did get in trouble for what I had a bad feeling about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I asked Dennis to get me a pony cart because pony play was just getting into Mm. and I made this guy wear a horse bit and a bridle and fishnet bodysuit and (laughs) and pulling me around the parking lot with my crack and a whip so I'm riding around the parking lot with the pony play and my pony cart and yeah that was pretty crazy and these parties were crazy too it was just like what anything goes anything goes and um you had all kinds of like rappers and and uh really influential important people <laughs> just going down getting crazy i am convinced that's where all the the you know like the diplomats of our world go to these <laughs> massive parties like this and have a crazy time and then tell us how bad sex is as they're having the best sex of their life <laughs> right you're absolutely correct yeah i mean you'd be surprised because you know our our lips are sealed. Our lips are sealed. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not gonna tell anyone. And I don't even ask questions. I don't ask a lot of questions. I may seem disinterested in you, but I just ask like very. I I tap around. I tap dance around. Um, I don't delve into what where you work or what you do. Or, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to know as much as you don't want to tell me. Yeah, and that's probably yeah. safer for you too. In a way, and because uh, you, I'm not going to get killed by a politician. <laughs> well, you mentioned how they the ranches have you guys like how there's health and safety in place weekly, monthly, and yearly. And is there other things that you do to protect yourself, like physically and even yourself mentally and emotionally? Well, one of the things that I look so the ranch takes fifty percent of all of our bookings, right? They get fifty percent, and the way I look at it is. The gentleman gives up 50% of what he's spending 
to protect him from me. Okay, so he has a complaint system. If you, like I said, you go look for sex from a stranger, a lot of bad things can happen that are not going to happen in the brothel. So you get that, you get that level of protection, and you get a complaint system. If you're doing something criminal outside the bounds of the law, then crime breeds crime, and you don't have a complaint system. Mm -hmm. You're not going to tell someone, oh, I, yeah, I, I paid her five hundred dollars for uh, an overnight, and and she didn't give it to me. Who are you going to tell that to? Mm -hmm. <laughs> do you know so she's not obligated yeah so you have a complaint system and then i look at it the 50 percent that i give up on my part is um for my protection so we have all kinds of things in place that keep us safe we have number one fences around the place okay so some no one's gonna just like do something really bad and run mm -hmm. and get away they have, to, they have to get out of the gate first that's not going to happen if you got 50 girls with heels in their hands chasing after you you're in trouble bud okay <laughs> you're in trouble so we really just don't have any problems we have um panic buttons in our room to go straight to directly to the sheriff station oh okay and we, yeah and we have a really 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 good relationship with the, the sheriff local sheriffs and deputies and they come in we, we get sheriff's cards so prostitution licenses and in order to be licensed, it's even more difficult for me as a legal prostitute in my county to get licensed than it is for a cop to get deputized. Wow. So, yeah. So for uh, the girls, we can't have any felonies, period, ever. And we can't have any charges relating to drugs, prostitution, weapons, or thievery. Wow. So is 50% pretty standard or is that? It is standard throughout that is standard. All Yeah. Um, Christmas week, we'll get a 60-40 cut. Okay. Merry <laughs> Christmas. That's good. That was, yeah. There you go. You got your Christmas bonus. Yeah. So That's even good. with the panic buttons and things, so there is quite a bit of safety that goes on in the, it's built into the establishment itself. Yeah. And when a new girl comes to work, she gets a big sister for quite a while and she gets to see how you handle your clients and how she handles her clients. You go in and you negotiate with her, you help her, and they can see the demeanor that you have. Nobody just is even trying anything with me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nobody's even trying anything with us. The only people that um, get tried are maybe a very young new girl mm -hmm. or somebody that just doesn't seem to exude that confidence. So we teach the confidence, um, for, but this, yeah, the safety issue, it's just, I mean, like some of the worst thing that happens is maybe a girl's doggies down and a guy puts his thumb in her butt and she would freak out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I actually think that legalizing this is better in general for everyone because it's going to happen regardless. And for instance, we have a province here in Canada where you can't have stripping and alcohol in the same roof. So even dancers have to go outside of the province and they'll just kind of go into like sketchy places with sketchy mm -hmm. people. And it's just, it's so, and it's just so weird. And, and this is in Canada. And I think people don't actually know that about certain provinces that we have here, but it's not like, oh, it's Canada, you can do whatever you want. Like, no, there, it's, there's provinces that are more open and provinces that are less open as well. Right. I didn't realize you were in Canada. So yeah, you got, there's a, there's two different ways. There's legalization and, and decriminalization. Mm -hmm. Decriminalization, most of the sex worker uh, advocates say, we believe that's really bad because what it does is put, um, if they 
criminalize the customer instead of the girl, what that does is put all the power in the customer's hands. So he can say, I'm the one that's going to get in trouble. So you're going to see me here. Hmm. I'm the one that's going to get in trouble. So I'm paying this. So it gives him, it, it, it just put too much power with the customer over the girl. And it, it just re- really reduced her safety. And I've heard that that's really what happened in Canada, that it, it turned really bad for the girls with decriminalization. Yeah. Okay. From the stories that I've heard, it really is that they're kind of going into places like what you they don't have direct line. They have no one to turn to if someone goes, if something goes south. There's no right. police or sheriff or anything like that. But to go back to the decriminalization and legalization, right? So legal legalization would give, it's the model that we have in Nevada. And it's a model that works. I mean, is it perfect? No, but does it work? Does it keep us safety safe? Yeah. Does it keep the client safe? Yeah. Does it keep the girl safe? Yeah. Does it keep the pimps out of it? 99% of the time, mm. you know? So um, yeah, we get a bad, we get a bad shtick. Okay, the legal, the legal brothels, the legal girls, because, you know, the, the church, the, the moral crusaders will come after us and say, oh, you're, you're promoting sex trafficking. And, and it's really not that at all. You know, we're, it's an absolute opposite. A lot of girls are coming off the street into the brothel, feel safety and get guidance and get help. And, and we have goals and we have sales meetings and, and it becomes a business and, and you get to have a goal as what what you really want to do if you don't want to really want to do this so you just become more empowered as opposed to being trafficked nobody is being forced to come here every they have like 500 people a day or a thousand girls a week something like that that apply a thousand um, a week yeah yeah we have four different brothels up in Klein county the bunny ranch the kit kat ranch the love ranch and the sagebrush ranch and um yeah a lot of applications. So the legal, so there's legalization that would put ordinances and, and rules into place, and then there's decriminalization that just really t- takes the power away from the woman and puts it into the, the client, the client's hand. And the legal brothels, yeah, we we're like a target for attack. It's kind of like I would I would say it's like gun control. You can't control all the illegal gun sales and and things that are going on. So you're going to come after the people that you can that are licensed and legal okay mm-hmm. you're gonna come after them yeah we're legal and we're an easy target because you know where we are and you we already have regulations and you can just put more on us you know so yeah and do you feel like there's other misconceptions that people have around legal brothels or just this type of work that you want to well, clarify a thousand percent oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> you know? yeah there's so many misconceptions you know uh, it, People just think it's a sordid place. I don't know. I keep myself pretty sheltered, so I don't really become a target of attack for, for a lot of the wrong thoughts. And I, I never really defended what I did for a living mm. because I just, I know it's a hard day's work and I'm challenged every day and it's my business and it's a business model and I'm marketing. And I'm keep, it's kind of like being an insurance agent. You know, you have to keep, you have, you have clients or a real estate agent or anyone in a professional sales where you really have to develop a clientele and manage them too. I think that's a good thing to point out because it is, there is a lot of work with it. And with a thousand applicants a week, it sounds like there's an awful lot of competition 
as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, um, and it's a sisterhood too, though. It's a sisterhood. We just help each other out. It's, you know, it's kind of like going to, it's kind of like going to war, being on the Titanic, you're in the trenches. So Mm -hmm. regardless of your walk of life or what circumstance got you to the brothel, the minute you hit that door and you hit that floor, you're my sister. And I'm going to help you any way that I can. I'm an open book and I want to see you. I want to see you successful and bring you up to the level that your older sisters are, are at. I think that's sweet. The term like big sister, little sister within it, it it gives them family type feel like we're, yeah, yeah, we're in this together. I've got your back and trust and someone to lean on. Cause there must be times where it is exhausting, like emotionally and mentally and physically and you just want to talk to somebody who understands what you're going through yeah yeah and 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 that's it that you know we're in this little bubble of a very unique job you know and we help each other and try not to pay attention to what other people say absolutely you know what and we're so used to being a target of attack too you know i think that we're the last marginalized group that it's okay to attack Mm, you know I mean, honestly, you can attack it. You can't attack anything else, but it seems like on social media, you can still attack prostitution and sex work. I mean, I'm, I'm watching the word. People aren't even typing the word sex anymore. Hmm. You know, they're typing S with the three and, you know, you because you'll get flagged on the algorithm. Oh, yes. Yes. So censorship. Yeah. I, yes. Yeah. yeah I agree. Yeah. We really have to jump through a lot of hoops. I've had the most trouble with social media myself big companies, you know, because I had three names, Air Force Amy, and that just didn't jive with them. They couldn't click it at all. <laughs> they don't like that at all. And that's Air Force and then Amy and porn stars, they could have their fake names all day long because there were two names, right? They didn't, mm. and, but I was getting really, I, I got targeted, <laughs> you know? And yeah, Air Force Amy is like blackballed on, and shadow banned on like every, wow. every platform. And it's so hard to get their job there, yeah. Well, through your journey of all this and changes, what have you seen as America's appetite for sex evolve into? Where it used to be a party for days and, you know, just party on, rock on, rock out with cock out. (laughs) Now it's more hand-holding and connection and, yeah, the girlfriend experience. And not as crazy as it used to be for me. Maybe it's just the way that I've evolved and what you attract is what um, you are. Mm. So, and I'm older. No, like I think that loneliness has also in the last recent years has changed people's perspective as well. And I think that the girlfriend experience in that is a reflection of how our loneliness as a society has evolved and gotten bigger, I think too, a little bit. Right. You're exactly right. Yeah. People are lonely. And like I said, with us girls, we've experienced being a target of attack. So we're not going to do that to someone else. We know what it feels like. And, mm-hmm. you know, when something bad happens to you, you want to make sure that that bad thing doesn't happen to anybody else. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, do you have any relationship advice? Yeah. Never say no. Never say no. <laughs> You know, if you're in a relationship, like just with a husband and wife, you know, I think it's better to not say no. Don't use sex as a, a give and take, a punishment and reward. Mm, yes. It should I never agree. be used as punishment punishment and reward. 
compliment, compliment, compliment. I mean, they go, it goes a million ways, you know, don't forget to compliment your wife. Don't forget to compliment your husband. Find something to compliment them, and that makes them feel good. Communication. There shouldn't be a judgment or a punishment for being honest. Hmm. You know, honesty is the best policy. Um, except if you're going to go to a brothel, never, never, never admit it. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know, so funny. Never, never, never admit it. <laughs> well, if you had any tips or tricks for women or men that are in relationships of something that could spice up their sex life, what are like a couple off the top of your head that you'd be able to give them? The simplest ones are like always like some porn star moves. Like if the woman as having oral, giving oral sex to just look up into your husband's, look up into his eyes, mm-hmm. make eye contact, you know, dirty talk. Dirty talk is really easy just describing what's going on or describing what you want to happen. Like, Oh, you're fucking me so good. That feels so good. I'm having so, Oh, my pussy's getting hot and wet. Or I would love you to just like nibble on my nipple and scratch my neck and and kiss me all over. Just whatever you want to have done. So dirty talk is easy. Yeah. And don't be ashamed of your body. The person you're in love with, they don't care. Mm. They're in love with you. They don't care. They love you. And it doesn't, your body shape doesn't matter. They're in love with you and they love everything about you. I think that women overthink that. I think I mentioned this before, but men just if they don't sex on the table. Yeah. They don't care. Like they're just like, yeah, I'm getting care. laid. Like they don't fucking care. That's care. So- <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know what else? Stay in shape, right? Mm. Take a 30 minute walk every day with your, with your loved one. And talk about things and just a 30 minute walk a day keeps you in shape. And it's just, it's, it's just respectful to your partner for both of you to stay in shape because I mean, lack of, of blood flow is boom. That's why you got a ED. Yeah. So you gotta keep the blood flowing. Get out and walk 30 minutes each day and talk to each other, walk and talk to each other for 30 minutes, 15 minutes, one way and 15 minutes back. It's nothing. Well, and it's, and it's true. It's more than it's your health and everything. And it also helps you feel sexy on the inside, your health and staying in shape. Absolutely. 100%. We've gotten into, you know, the low testosterone and everyone just wants to take, take the testosterone or take the pill. And, you know, that's a tough call. We have chemicals, we have food, we have all these things that are, have affected and yeah, I've seen that the, the age of low T in ED is going lower and lower and lower and lower. Yes. Yeah. And so do you think that's a, do you think that's also been a part of the reason why the parties aren't lasting so long and like all of those have shifted? Cause in general, we have like a loneliness problem and like, I guess the testosterone issue as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I think it's just not like a, a party, like the, the, the 2000s were, I mean, to be honest with you, we're in a, we're in a recession. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Well, this yeah. has been a great conversation and I love like your honesty about this. And is there anything that you'd want my listeners to just know for sure before we head out? Yeah. Just be kind to one another. Get in the bed and love someone, man. Have some more sex. Yeah. Have some <laughs> more sex. I think that's the big one. Just yeah. to have more <laughs> sex. You know, more skin on skin, man. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. It's it's a beautiful thing. 
And we're meant, we're designed that way as well. I think we want to remind people in this episode, we are designed to put our skin on other people's skin. Like that's what we want. We want that Mm -hmm. physical connection as well. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, just before we head out, what, where can my listeners find you and what's next for you? Well, airforceamy.com is always going to be, you know, where you find me. Bunny Ranch, I don't see me leaving there anytime soon. So you go to airforceamy.com, bunnyranch.com. We have a we have a, a, a shape, a size, a girl. For, and we have, you know, 31 flavors, something for everyone. <laughs> 31 um, flavors, I love it. Something for everyone and every budget. Um, so go to bunnyranch.com, airforceamy.com. And what's next for me is, I think I'm going to try I'm gonna, uh, try my own podcast. What do you think? Yes, I think podcasts are a way to be, to tell you the truth. I think, I, to be frank, I was so nervous and when I first started podcasts, but the more you go, the easier it gets. My yeah. first podcast, don't listen to those. It was probably not the best. Now right. they're better. Right. That's <laughs> so, what I'm kind of doing now is getting my feet wet on other people's podcasts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so and learning what not to do. So yeah, after I say something, oh God, I'll never say that again. Okay, yeah, don't say that. Don't bring that up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so this is practice. <laughs> That's so good. No, well, thank you so much for coming on this show. And I enjoyed your time with me today and with our listeners. And for my listeners, I will be with you on Wednesday. And as usual, stay kinky.